Welcome to the Content Podcast, conversations with Silicon Valley's creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. Hello, this is Corinne. Today we talk with Corinne Takara. She's a community artist and a STEM educator. Hey, Corinne, this is Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Cool. It's nice to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because you, I, I, you know, I try to think in terms, you know, when I, when I talk to somebody, uh, kind of like getting a streamline, kind of like categorize them in a way, right? Not to peg them, <laughs> but to like to put them in a little bit of a, uh, a, a target to begin the conversation with. And um, you have a very kind of like diverse artistic expression and involvement. And so definitely I want to get into these areas. But before we start, I wonder how do you kind of like in a nutshell explain the practice and the art that you do? What would be kind of like your what's the, the target we can start from? as you define it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I do not fit in a box. <laughs> I guess in general, when people ask me, I say I'm a community artist and STEAM educator. Mm-hmm. Um, I run Oka Design and the Nest Makerspace. Yeah. And, and I do this because I, I love exploring with community story, you know, storytelling. But more broadly, everything I do, uh, whether it's working with biology or circuits, you know, through art, it's about drawing out community stories and existing knowledge um and just kind of placemaking yeah um but yeah it's a i think it's really about storytelling okay actually when you come down to it yeah that's cool yeah because that's the thing is that um you know you have your person your own personal artwork that you've done and you've had shows and even pieces in like the san jose quilt museum um Mm -hmm. collection um, but you do a lot of, so you do mixed media art, but you also do a lot of arts education. And the thing that I'm kind of fascinated with is that you use kind of like biomaterials, but you also do like 3D printing. So I, and, mm-hmm. and so you made me think in terms of like technology uh, is not just 3D printing, but that bio kind of like materials is also a technological kind of like experiment and how did how did these things come into your life again i go back to storytelling and so how do we i'm very interested in elevating people's own stories and mm-hmm. sense of place and as we face our sense of place being threatened by climate change and sustainability yeah. Um, I was looking more and more towards biomaterials. I've always been involved with technology. So my very first jobs out of my carpet bagging jobs out of college was with game design. Okay. And so game design and service of storytelling. So I learned technology in the service of sharing stories. Yeah. And I think as we move into like people think of Silicon Valley as, you know, physical circuits and, and what we think of traditionally as innovation, but the future innovation that's here is biology yeah. biotech yeah. and how do we bring more people along in that conversation is really interesting to me and so i think it was only 2017 2016 
that I saw exhibit at the Tech Interactive mm. in their biotinkering lab, and they were growing little bricks yeah. for people to play with. Yeah. And so I thought, ah, how can we do this with art? And how can we get more people uh, who are highly impacted by climate change, but also highly impacted by biotech in the conversation and have a vocabulary yeah. to be a part of it? That's cool. Yeah. So that's the thing is I feel like you're kind of like in this intersection between art and advocacy in a way, right? How do yeah. How do you <laughs> yeah? So storytelling because you're not just uh, is the goal to just tell the story of someone's life or is that idea that by telling a story you are transforming the listeners of that s- story and, and communicating that's an idea. Such- that's such a good question. So I probably should rephrase it as asking the question. So <laughs> who asked the questions has a power. Oh. And so we're talking about the future of innovation design, the future of all this new type of technology is going to impact us. Uh, we need to have the voices that aren't present at the table to drive the questions, to, to, and to, sh- to look at their own stories of how, when we start talking about biology and bio art, mm-hmm. um, People can come to the table with knowledge. There's existing knowledge, ancestral knowledge, and how we work with biology. Hmm. Um, and so these kind of elevating people's understanding of they have stories and they have voices and they stand on, on solid ground to be a part of these really important conversations. And I, I intersect spaces with um, community bio labs and a program that I co-founded at Stanford Bioengineering called Biojam Camp. Mm-hmm. And there's there really is a need to expand the conversation, to have more equity and access to these conversations. And I think art is a space to do that. And so, yeah, it has kind of propelled me into be an art science activist yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, well, for instance, so the BioJam, you started that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's at Stanford, right? It's kind of like a, a, a program. Uh, biomaterial, kind of, bioengineering, kind of for teens, right? Yes, yes. But again, it's hard to pigeonhole because it's not only at Stanford. So it involves community artists, um, community gardens, a community biolab in Salinas. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, Veggie Lucia. Like, like we, we yeah. interface with lots of different. So while it's kind of nested there, it's also nested in community. And so how how can art, you know, really be a part of building these these new conversation spaces that do not exist. Like how often do universities talk with multi-generational communities right. in community spaces? Yeah. So I guess, so what you're saying, or, you know, correct me, of course, if, if I'm wrong, is what you're saying is that art can be a vehicle in which maybe the conversation um with what I'm seeing is like the people that are maybe involved in technology specifically more kind of like, or even in place making for city building. And they're not necessarily um, connected to maybe more of the natural organic uh, agriculture. And so art is a, that what you're doing with art is kind of a, a bridge to bring, those two communities and those two perspectives together is that kind of what you're saying yeah i think yeah i think so i think um it also empowers i think everyone to feel a little more connected to solutions so so Mm. often we're looking at these huge systems issues right we're talking about 
uh, where right now there, there's a um, giant international conference in Glasgow right now about you know, the future of the planet. Yeah. Um, and there's such huge conversations, but how do we empower at the local level? Mm -hmm. And I think that is by having these new conversation spaces, you know, um, like the BioQuilt project was an example of that, like working with um, the Quilt Museum and yeah. Vegilution and Chopstick Alley yeah. and Japantown, um, you know, the Jam, um, oh, in parking lots and in gardens and having these spaces where we're making together and talking about what, what do you bring to the table for me on culture or your ancestral knowledge about materials and growing and how might we experiment more? So these conversations are not only happening at the university level, but they're happening in these intersectional spaces where people from the university are coming to the spaces. I had some Stanford um, PhD students, mm -hmm. uh, you know, researchers come. So I think some of it's also art is a space to a community, but community art, mm -hmm. uh, is a space to experiment with models, models for engagement with community. Yeah. Do you find- For these places that don't- mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thought, sorry. No, no, I was just saying for, for organizations or policy groups that struggle to find those intersectional spaces. Yeah. I think art plays a place. Do you think art is kind of in some ways that, that creative space, uh, especially coming to materials and ideas, you know, most people wouldn't have mastery. So it's kind of like a, a leveling place. So you might be a Stanford grad PhD, but then maybe you're not, maybe you're more in like a service um, field or something like that. But then coming to the table to have to create something, do you think that kind of builds a kind of like a, a leveling approach? Absolutely. And it, yes. And I think it, it enables us to have intergenerational spaces. So mm. we had you know, elders and children and, you know, the Stanford students and a whole range of people. And I remember when we were doing the one at um, the Vietnamese Heritage Garden, the BioQuilt project, mm -hmm. one of the workshops, one of the elders says it said it was fun. It was like playing with mud. <laughs> so I think there's also a sense of play yeah, yeah. that comes into the conversation of like, how do we uh, de-stress a little bit? We're all super stressed, yeah. you know. Um, the topic is stressful, uh, sustainability design, all this. Yeah. Um, um, and also understanding microbial world. So I also feel like a lot of what I do in my work now, um, as I move my practice into bio art, mm -hmm. bioscience mm -hmm. art, mm -hmm. is how do we create um, uh, together um, a broader understanding of what science is, expand the definition of science mm -hmm. to include some new perspectives or an old perspectives, but also get people to think about the microbial world in us and around us. Hmm. We need these lenses. We can't wait for like a pandemic right. to see where all the divisions are. Yeah. You know, art has a place to play with, with uh, you know, broader community engagement with science and just understanding what we cannot see. Yeah. You know, so it's a conversation about scale as well. Scale with our identity. Art is always about identity. Right. Um, and and, and voice. how do we expand that to mm. like understand our, you know, we're kind of a scaffold for many organisms. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, how did you make that? What was the, the impetus that made you have the transition from doing gaming technology and <laughs> to doing uh, art? I mean, I in this level yeah. at this 
kind of yeah so that was a while ago um i've been doing you know general community art and art uh since i started working for museums and this was maybe 20 years ago and realized they had um community they had sorry education departments Mm -hmm. when i was growing up museums did not have education departments Uh, and I thought that was fantastic. So I started working with um, the De Young Museum, the Quilt Museum, you know, a whole range of museums, developing community programming. Um, and then I had children and I could no longer do the tech, you know, asset game delivery mm. the next day yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of thing. And so I kind of I shifted into um, education and it kind of traveled along with my children's growth. So the yeah. first kind of art programming I did was with very young children. Mm. And then it kind of expanded as my my children themselves grew. So it was very interconnected with family. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, that's cool. And then also too, just the, your interest in kind of like bio, I don't know, the, the biospherish mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. the biology, that was connected with your your father and your upbringing, right? I mean, I know you have, you grew up, I guess, in Hawaii or a lot of family Japanese ancestry in Hawaii and then some in the United States. What's some of that, like your own, your own science journey? How did that all kind of come about? Yes. Um, so I actually moved over 11 times growing up. Okay. But we would go back to Hawaii in the <laughs> Talk summers. Talk about a carbon footprint. No, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. No, um, so I had such a, a desire to belong and understand hmm. right place and hmm. people and I always had this little bit of an outsider lens but every summer we go back to Hawaii and my father um, his early years were on a plantation in Maui uh, Pa'ia it was a sugarcane plantation and so all the family stories and making he's a toy designer oh, okay uh, and he grew up making his own toys and the whole community grew up making with the materials around them yeah whether it was being materials that you reuse um, or the natural materials and every natural material had a, he shared the Japanese name, the Hawaiian name, maybe the, the Latin name, hmm. uh, the, the myths that went with it, hmm. and the uses. And so yeah. I grew up really feeling like you didn't know a place until you knew the plants, until you knew the biology and the stories that went with them and the different names. And so as we moved, he always built a garden at every house we went to and yeah. he would plant whatever might be able to be plantable from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also what was local. And so um, I think that biology and plants has always been a way for me to root myself into community and to find stories. Hmm. And I think that grew as I started interfacing more with, you know, emergent um, trends here in the Bay Area and just seeing how I was already working with youth uh, and trying to expand access and knowledge in, um, you know, innovation design through this technology that I knew, but I was seeing that there was biotech on her very near horizon actually with us yeah. um, and in our past. And so how do we, how do we merge this like amazing past knowledge? Cause once you start talking about biology, a lot of the best practices with um, organisms that have been overlooked, some of those best practices and knowledge exists already in, in, places we're not really looking across the planet hmm. so what do you yeah, what do you mean by some of the the bio bio i forgot how you phrase it but the biology that's overlooked what's some of the, yes. yeah, what's, what's some of those things so for example um in general um let's see uh spirulina um that's been used in many places and only now has been looking at and nasa's looking at it as a food for space hmm. what can we like 
as we look to the future, we need to look to the past yeah. for innovation. Um, in the BioQuilts project, we've worked, worked with growing materials from mycelium, um, which is the root-like structure of, structure of mushrooms. Mm. And that has been used in other cultures, and, uh, you know, other than the dominant one we have here. Um, bioplastic from agar agar. Agar agar was first used in Japan. It's a really common, like almost jello-like base for desserts across Asia. Mm. Um, but many people in the United States learn it first as like the what you the nutrient base in your your petri dish. Okay. But it didn't originate here. So anyway, just the stories yeah. um, that that should be told as we p- push things. And and a lot of solutions we need for scale is going to be in molds and um and and fungus in microscopic organisms and like we really need to look at how we collaborate you know and look at these these organisms and and a lot of them again are like have have had a footprint and a story with humanity yeah 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 it's pretty cool i remember it was with uh i think it was zero one um when they had the lab down on south first street they had something like that they had the those like the bricks that were kind of out of a fungus in a mold and i was yeah it really just kind of like blew my mind. Like this is such an interesting way rather than digging up all the dirt and the soil, putting them together, burning it, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the manufacturing of those things rather than doing something that's organic, but still can be used as a structure. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, we're going to grow our future. And so how do we imagine that? Like in a creative way, we're going to grow our clothes. We're going to need, we're going to do a lot of these things. Um, and, and we need to engage like multi-generationally yeah. in a creative way, right? Again, like it can, it's so easy to come at these conversations from a place of fear and statistics, but we need to like, yeah, to storytell and, and, and have our hands working with, with these possible, yeah. you know, solution paths. So then I guess as you work with kids and do education through art and biology and with STEM, um, I guess is some of the dreams, aspiration, ideas that you have um, is that some of the younger folks interacting with materials will have their mind kind of like opened up to like, oh, wait a second. I don't need to think in terms of trees, woods, metals, oil. You know what I mean? Is that? Yes. Is that kind of like the idea? Exposing them to different possibilities of how we grow our future. Is that? kind of what's going on absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah and also to get interested in nature so the other thing is i've seen when i work with youth um, whether it's you know in east san jose or in palo alto the students don't know the name of the tree yeah in, in front of school they don't know the most local creek hmm. so i think you know how do we connect to place uh local hyper local yeah is really important and we have to do that as we also think globally so um, yeah. Yeah, I think we need new pathways for for really being creative with art, and and needs to include biology. It's not like just going to the art store and buying your art materials. We need to grow our art materials. We need to have sustainability. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. it's like you know even for myself, just like my there's such a disconnect with my food delivery, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and I see that you know even more with as technology goes is like the time that you spend outside the time that you're connecting with your environment which does subconsciously and i think this is where you're coming subconsciously and the byproduct of it that is then um 
not having care for the natural surroundings because it's not even a factor, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm glad you brought up agriculture and food. That's, you know, very much the space I'm interested in mm -hmm. now. I work a lot also with youth in Salinas, youth whose parents are ag workers, um, or their grandparents were, as uh, my relatives were in Hawaii. And it's such a huge opportunity space for just better equity as we move out of COVID and fires, or maybe not out, we're still in it. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll be with the fires for a long time. Like, you know, only 10% of U.S. population is, is involved in food production, mm. right? And so how do we how do we elevate those stories? How do we shift so that uh, we have a sustainable food system yeah. um, and protect the workers? A lot of times I will hear people say, oh, I'm going vegan or vegetarian, you know, just, just for, for the obvious reasons of like, you know, yeah. lower carbon footprint and just uh, protecting the animals. But people don't think about, okay, you just talked about eating spinach. That's a really difficult harvest. Hmm. You have to pick out the dirt. Uh, if you're picking cauliflower, hmm. you're using this really sharp blade. Um, Interesting. Broccoli the same. So every crop is different. And also people come to the field with their own gear. And that's what my ancestors did. Yeah. My relatives were. So I think so much is storytelling because people don't know. So you go back four generations and my family was identified by a number. Yeah. Literally a number on a disc. And that's how they were paid. Right. So they're paid in Hawaiian plantations to that number, but it wasn't money. It was paid as credit to the company's store. Oh, yeah. And so the circular payment, and I feel like a lot of ways, ag has not changed. And so, yeah, yeah I think yeah. art also plays, um, you know, a role in activism and like just better understanding for us all in terms of food production. That's part of sustainability design. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, I mean, I would. My introduction to you was always definitely thinking you as an artist, which I've still you are an artist. You're very creative and you do artwork. Um, but then just you know this other side of this um, aspect of what you're doing is like in, incredible. And um, yeah, but at the same time, you've done your own personal projects. I mean, you've been involved like the 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 Bart. Uh, the the bus know, stations, yeah. right? And well, I want to hear a little bit about that because there's story in that, and then also even like some of the crosswalks that were like on First Street hey. and San San uh, San Antonio Plaza, right? Right, right. So um, yeah, so you have your own art practice. So how are you uh, like balancing that and doing that with what you kind of do with this kind of uh, bio arts activism? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, again, goes to storytelling. So I love hmm. hyperlocal and that, that VTA, um, of transit project was amazing. I think we had like 18 bus stops that we worked on. Yeah. And what we tried to do was, um, pull out the story of that little, that particular neighborhood, yeah. like maybe it's like six blocks. And I love meeting with people and then finding out like, how do we distill the stories into pattern? Hmm. What are the patterns to be told? Mm. What are the questions we need to ask and to be represented in these bus stops? So I think um, the storytelling aspect of community, mm -hmm. and we are in a very ag-based place. It's interesting, those bus stops, so much of it referred to what was grown here. Mm. You know, San Jose grew up along the river, you know, like so much of city development, our community development is is rooted in the rivers and yeah. the fertile land and 
wasn't that long ago. Right. Um, so that referenced that. Um, the crosswalk was really an interesting journey. Um, and it referenced, um, you know, both technology mm-hmm. and this um, ag that was here. And, and the knot cording was Chinese knot cording from the Chinatown, the fifth one that was burned down in downtown San Jose. Right. Um, so I think art is a great way to elevate. Uh, and those public art projects were such a privilege because you're elevating stories mm-hmm. that are there, but people don't know about. But you're not saying it in a narrative. You're giving it in symbols. It's more like poetry, I feel. Mm. It's like very distilled. And then you can go and learn more. Um, and I had talked with teachers that were going to visit the bus stops, you know, to, to share with their students yeah. the stories that were there. Mm-hmm. It's It was a really fun project that the... That, yeah. yeah. But how do I mix them too? Is, is, yeah, I think of them all as storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It comes back to the storytelling. Well, tell me yeah. a couple stories then from the bus stops. What were some of the highlights as you were doing those that really, uh, you know, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like floored you or were, were really interesting to you? What's some of the things that came out that you were like, oh, wow. And then maybe you learned yourself. Yes. Um, well, I'm thinking about the Allen Rock bus stop, just learning about how people would go up to the, the park and the springs there and thinking that there was alum there, you know, for health. Um, hadn't known about that, how it was like this like destination spot. Hmm. Um, that was really interesting. Um, I really enjoyed the one that is by um, the um, MHP Mexican Heritage Plaza, where we're really exploring, like, how do we tell the story of ag workers? And so... Hmm kind of came with the idea of having um well meeting people who work with cesar chavez or knew him in his childhood yeah. and um i think learning about also there's a there was dairy um farms um along the way and so there's some dairy old dairy cans represented on one of the st- bus stops yeah. i think the most exciting thing for me was going to a senior elder um uh center for portuguese hmm. yeah, yeah. and they were making lace and they and they insisted on giving us these little bags with these tassels and just like being present with the community was neat um i still have that yeah. um just knowing these communities i think okay the one that was most impressive and amazing to me was the one um a little further up um from mexican heritage plaza and it was with a Baptist church hmm. and just knowing the African-American presence hmm. um, in the community um, was super like important and strong. Hmm. It's still there. Like the, it's, and how do you distill that? And it was really interesting just to see they still wear their amazing hats. And so that became yeah. the focus. Yeah. Um, so that one I think probably was the one I was most excited about. Yeah. Cause it took, it took a while to like really, you know, talk with the community and figure out, how do you represent this in a story and say the presence and just having these lines and lines of church hats on that bus stop, mm. I think is an immediate hit. When you look at it, you know, oh, this is about, you know, pride of place, yeah. um, continual presence. Yeah. It's so interesting too. I mean, so much of progress and development and expansion and even improvement and some of those words I'm putting quotations around. Um, you know, you lose what you're talking about, the, the history and the connection, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's awesome to be able to have those kind of things represented. So thank you for that work. That's really cool. Um, so what's something that you're working on now that uh, you're kind of stoked about, excited about? <laughs> um, 
Wow, there's a range of things. Um, you know, still working on the um, uh, programming with Biojam, yeah. um, Shinapa, um, um, Biodesign Challenge, this international challenge that I've led teens in for the past three years. Um, Which one is that? What's that? Uh, it's, so it's an international challenge. It's called the Biodesign Challenge. Hmm. It was designed initially for university, usually like art design schools. Hmm. And then we get like a science expert. Hmm. Um, but uh, I have led teens in that um, challenge. And awesome. It's been really great. Um, but actually what's really fascinating to me now, what I'm excited about, is how do I hand these things over? Hmm. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So how do I, how do these live without me being hmm. present? Because what's going to happen, and I, and I haven't shared this with that many people yet, is that um, we, we're moving. We have to move. Um, oh, no. Because we're in a duplex and we have co-owners that that want to sell, oh. and we're moving back to Hawaii, and so oh, wow, how my what yeah, so what excites <laughs> yes, what excites me and terrifies me like my community is yeah. a built community of over twenty years, yeah, and I love San Jose, I love Salinas, I love all the communities I work with, yeah. and the people I work with, and the prog- programs that I have started, yeah, and so my challenge now is how do I let go and how do I hand over and then how do I sustain because I want to still do biomaking, but in conversation, you know, across, yeah, across the <laughs> from ocean. Hawaii to yeah. here. Right. And so hmm. I'm still sorting through that. Uh, but I think I am, we are like many people who are having to find new homes after this journey of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, <laughs> Wow, I'm I'm sad to hear that you're leaving our area. I'm I'm kind of excited because I know you have such a connection with Hawaii and so in some ways that's probably I guess maybe it feels like a homecoming in a way, is it, do you think? Or Yes, I, I think so. It's bittersweet, but it is I'm excited to work with you know, people and places and plants that I remember from my childhood. Yeah. And how do I bring these in conversation? What are models to also like, I know I'm like, I'm very hyper local with that conversation, but yeah. how do you create these systems or ways of approaching that can be replicated? Yeah. Um, and so actually something I am working with the biodesign challenge is I'm helping mentor other teachers, other educators. Awesome. Yeah. And how do they, wherever they are in the world, how do you enter them into this conversation with bio art, bio design and sustainability? So I'm kind of working on a higher level. How do you develop these yeah. uh, you know, Lego sets that you can choose what element you want to use, hmm. you know, what fits your community engaging in youth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you seem like a, I mean, I'm not sure how much connection you have with Hawaii for these types of projects, but you seem like you're, you've started a lot of, you have started a lot of things. So there's an entrepreneurial, kind of mavericky spirit in you. So there must are you kind of like excited about, oh, I get to start these here in the in this place. And are you thinking that yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely am. And I've worked in Hawaii before. I've worked with Punahou School. Um it's a it's a uh, oh it's a school high school Obama went to. Oh really? Oh okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and there's some land based um uh indigenous knowledge based um organizations I'm really interested so Hawaii is interested when you talk about biology because you have indigenous Mm. you have invasive plants Mm -hmm. but you also have canoe plants 
And so this is kind of an interesting lens canoe to think plant? about. Oh, think canoe plants are the plants that the original Polynesians brought to Hawaii, mm. knowing that they were going across the ocean mm. to this most isolated place in the world. Hawaii is the most isolated um, island chain in the world. Mm. They knew they were going to go terraform it with what they wanted to bring. Ah. And so it's it's a, it's a model to look at in terms of when we talk about looking at nature a little bit differently, not indigenous invasive, but also hmm. um, canoe plants. Because as we go to space, we are yeah. <laughs> also, um, you know, we're canoeing and we are, we are travelers. And what are, what are the plants we bring with us? And when we imagine yeah. terraforming like the Polynesians. So I just, I'm really excited about spanning, thinking about storytelling the past, the present, and like what might the future be? Yeah, you know? that is that is really cool. I mean, I didn't even get that 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 connection. Like, yeah, as we look to go into space, what we the mistakes that we've made here um, with the migration of food and plants, right, and the and people and people, <laughs> and the, yeah, the transplanting of all that kind of yeah. stuff. What is that? Can we do that? wisely into and can we expand our vocabulary yeah. so like not use the term colonizing planets right you know how do we look at different lenses how do the polynesians look at going somewhere new yeah. i'm sure they weren't thinking of conquering and colonizing so just kind of expanding our vocabulary of storytelling not only with materials hmm. working with art but our words and i think when we work with kind of different materials in our art, we can start thinking about different words. And then yeah. the words we use are the power because they drive the questions, they drive the framing. Mm. We may not be aware of when we use a certain word, it kind of frames how we're actually looking at sure. future possibilities. So yeah. Well, what would you say then? What if, as we go into space, um, what are we doing there? What's the word what that you would pick? Have you thought about that? I don't know. But... Yeah, voyagers. Voyagers, okay. So it's more travel exploring well, I, you know, that's a really good question, Daniel. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And I would love to bring that into a workshop. Yeah. You know, like just have that prompt. So like, what would you call it? We don't want to use the word colonizer. We don't want to conquer. What's another yeah. word? Conqueror, right? Yeah. We, we need to, we need to also grow our understanding of biology here. And like, yeah. we know more about the stars than we do about the soil beneath our feet. Wow. And all the organisms in the soil recycle and cohabitate right in tight quarters together so how do we look at other models as well yeah um for cooperation so yeah i yeah. love that question yeah it's interesting because <laughs> yeah it would be and then the thing is too just as we look and think about that is like because we have such needs as human beings we have to we're going to have to transplant something like oxygen <laughs> do you know what i mean like you know yeah. we have to bring these things with us which already is an invasion of that ecosystem mm -hmm. you know right so yeah and, and just going back to hawaii my my one of my uncles ran the observatory at haleakala hmm. and that's you know a volcano a dormant volcano mm -hmm. um, on maui and so i think all cultures like look to the future to sky the space and look to the past so i think all the art we can do and as we go come out of hopefully we're coming out of covid or wherever we're we're going to now yeah. <laughs> that we find a way yeah. to integrate uh what we've learned and to storytell it as healing yeah i can't tell you daniel how many conversations i was in during covid where we just all ended up crying mm. 
you know, crying about people we've lost mm. or about attacks on, you know, Asian elders in the, in the Bay Area. It yeah. just was so traumatic. Yeah. But I think now as we quote unquote come out of it, we need to storytell it through art, through communion. Um, I, I just see such a huge need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know I'm a little pessimistic. I know when I've mentioned this before, but when COVID happened and a lot of people were talking about, oh, this is so great. We're going to learn so much. We're going to come <laughs> so much better because we're listening to the earth and the planet. And then I was thinking the whole time, yeah, right. <laughs> now look at it. We have, uh, you know, barges sitting off on the coast just waiting because of all of our, yeah. commu you know, consumer goods need to get to us. You know, interesting. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say? So, okay, storytelling. Um, but what would what is your, uh, what is more like your driving mission? So storytelling, but then yeah. storytelling isn't, is, no, is, no. is a method. It, what's, yeah. the, what's the reason? To create a better sense of place and belonging. So as someone who's moved my whole life, mm -hmm right as a child like the formative years yeah. it's like how do you take root but to see like to, i think storytelling to highlight um what surprises us, what's different and what's in common mm. like yeah. how are we a family i see there's so much division right now so storytelling in the service of yeah. building something new building understanding and and true communion mm. and multi-generational communion so what i also see as a problem is like this very siloed um yeah. Um, nature of how our communities are. And I think storytelling is community healing. Mm. And I feel like looking at San Jose over this COVID, I am so honored to have worked with so many organizations, arts organizations mm -hmm. that work together to get, to serve needs, immediate needs. So yeah. it wasn't also about art, but it was about food distribution. So, you know, like MHP and Vegilution and, yeah. um, Quote me that so many organizations came together to deliver food, but also craft kits yeah. together in the food kits. Like, and where the pointed space of, of trust, the first places that opened up to community after COVID were community gardens. Yeah. So how do we look at our community space? So I think uh, storytelling and the service of healthier communities, storytelling and the service of empowering communities, mm. again, to drive the questions that impact their communities. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I first I kind of said like you're kind of like an art activist, but I would actually say you're a creative. You're I would categorize because what you're doing is is creativity. It's not just art because right when you think of art, it's so something hanging on the wall. But you're like doing this experiential thing that's that's sparking creativity with different materials and different stories. So I kind of think you're like a you're a creative humanitarian. As I, oh my God. <laughs> you know, as I hear you talk about it, it's like, because it's so, it's about community. It's yeah. not about, I mean, the story is how community is built. And that's what, I mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly what we're about with content, right? It's because that, my really? whole thing is like, you know, you to love your neighbor, right? So if you, if everybody that you read about, see about, hear about, you get to know them as a friend that's going to build community because you're less likely to treat them like a jerk. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, there's a lot of familial, right. but um, you know what I mean? To build a neighborhood. So yeah. So I kind of, you're, you're actually, you're not an activist or an advocate. You're a humanitarian in many ways. 
Do you think that? I like creative material. I love that. I know. That's going on my business card. I know. I think we just invented, <laughs> we just created something together. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that comes to the point of like, we need to create new spaces. We need mm. to rupture what we think are the spaces we operate in. Yeah. And so going back to gardens, I think community gardens play a huge role. I'm so glad the city just gave Vegilution a, a you know, 25-year lease, yeah. expanded yeah, it yeah, awesome. the other day. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we need to more and more look at what are intersectional spaces mm. and what are different roles. So like you just gave me a, a new title, which I really like. Um, how do we create, empower more people mm. to dive into and create these spaces? Yeah. Like I, I just kind of like, I'm so, I feel so strongly about things. I create these spaces. Like <laughs> I think we need to formalize them and support them. And like, so, um, yeah. 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 I mean, for example, like when we did Biojam at Stanford, we kind of just got permission to use a teaching lab there and build out this camp that's like expanding. And so, um, you know, how do you, how do you, um, I'm sure there's best practices everywhere, but, you know, going back to systems, like how do we look at really empowering and and making healthy communities, Hmm. healthy neighborhoods, because we're just in this really tough, really tough time. Yeah. Um, with COVID, it's and it's not going to get easier. So how do we create resilient yeah. communities that can pivot? I mean, you're in all these conversations, and like I just think, yeah, uh, content plays a huge role in that and creating like you know empathy and 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 like framing what is uh, our community here, yeah, um, and raising stories that aren't heard. And I think you know, what are all the parallel paths for that? Um, we really need to invest in them because so many organizations are actually struggling. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, in this kind of thing is like, I was just thinking, I, I do want to talk to a little bit about, well, let me stop for, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what advice, as I look at what you've accomplished, um, even as you mentioned, you know, starting Biojam, um, and I think some of the, seed money sv creates x x factor project right so there is a i i also see in you a a tenaciousness that and you even mentioned systems someone who navigates the structures in order to make and create and move forward what you're thinking right i mean there's the grant process the right and i and it seems like you've been kind of involved in that. Is there any advice that you might have for people who are looking to create mm. stories, communities, art projects, um, and then to find kind of like that funding and that connection? Because you've done a great job at networking with a lot of the community for the purpose of what you're doing, which is awesome. And you need to do that. It's important. Yeah. But what's, what advice and even your philosophy and approach of that? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so I think my advice is to be there for the communities you want to work with mm. in their needs. So mm. whatever their need is, if it's not necessarily completely intersecting through work, but like if, if they're not having Wi-Fi connections, spend a day helping with that. Mm. Um, if they need, so like be present for what the community has identified already is what they want to do. Mm. Um, um, so it's like being present. Um, the other thing is... Um, have your passion hmm. drive your action hmm. and not reflect too much on your oh, lack of expertise in a space or like, I don't have this degree. Like don't hmm. even think about yourself, but think about what the goal is. Hmm. And that is always what drives me because I find my 
way into spaces I actually probably don't belong at all, but, <laughs> but um, um, I'm there and, uh, and it brings what I want to the communities I want to work with. So, um, yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. For ex- <laughs> yeah. What would you have an example? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for example, I am involved in the global community bio summit. Um, that is usually happens at MIT. Mm-hmm. I, oh, uh, it is like such a privilege to be in that space and I'm helping, or, you know, with the organization for the last couple of years, but yeah. you know, I've, I've only been in this space for a short time, but it's about community and bio. So yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Um, and then I are, you know, I, the bio design challenge is another one. It was only open to university students. And for two years I popped into their uh, introduction meetings asking, can you please open this to high schools? Mm-hmm. And then they did. And then my team um, that worked out of my garage one uh, like um almost swept all three prizes awesome. uh, against the universities you know yeah. so um yeah you know you it's i was just working out of my garage with the youth and yeah other people working out of universities right yeah. so it goes back to what questions are you asking and so my students were really asking you know interesting questions like how might we create they were asking how do we grow our toy kits? How do we grow toys? Oh, yeah. And so they had us really innovative little kit and they also did workshops at the tech interactive. Um, yeah. They were out in community testing them out. So anyway, yeah. um, I would recommend just not think about yourself, but think about what's your, what's driving you mm. and have that propel you yeah. and then be present to, to be with the communities that need you for whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. Be willing to do that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I just, yeah. You know what, the humanitarian aspect, because even what you're discussing and even with this and the advice that you're giving is really to serve, like serve the community. Um, yes. Yeah, that's really like to be present in their needs. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, cool. Uh, I mean, I, I want to transition and yet I'm a little have a little trepidation because um, you're moving. And so that saddens mm. me. And I'm sure there's a lot of emotions that you have with that, too. And I would even think with, you know, growing up with and doing a lot of moving and now you're moving with after setting some really solid roots here in the Bay Area. um, How are how are you doing with that process? What and yeah, yeah. It is so hard. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my. My family is a built community, um, but, you know, we have Ohana in Hawaii, too. So, you know, nothing stays the same. So I I just have to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. And I need to also just like it's an opportunity. Like I'm thinking, well, how do I expand these threads of community and connection? Yeah. Right. How do I how do I what are ways to stay connected? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping I can come back and help with the programs I work with in the summer. I can come back in the summer. Yeah. Um, But. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a a weird space to be in, but I'm privileged compared to so many people who are also in this situation. Yeah, um, I'm very privileged to know where I'm going, and you know that there's family there, and yeah. Um, so yeah, and you said you have kids too, right? Yes. How old so are they, my, and where are they? So my son's in college. He's at UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, and uh, he's studying cognitive science. Hmm. And then my daughter is a senior in high school. Hmm. Um, and so, yes, yeah, she she will be going to college, but in the summer, moving to a new home. Yeah. 
So you guys yeah. are going to move in summertime is what your, is your trajectory? Yeah, but we have to sell in January. So the co-owners want to sell in January. Yeah. So it's a weird rent back situation. But there, you oh, know, yeah. there's like, oh, <laughs> housing oh. is weird here in the Bay Area. Yeah, it is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it's, it's got to be difficult in the, in the midst of it, it's always, it's trying, you know, um, and I really hope is, you know, a year from now when you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, what an incredible blessing it was with this transition, you know? Um, Thank you. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, so, okay, well now I was going to ask you something else and we have to kind of land the conversation bus. So I'm going to, this is going to be <laughs> edited out. Let's see. Um, uh, we were talking about the okay. I seriously. Oh no worries, but you know I also got a like um, recording error or something error that popped up. Oh really? I think we're yeah, okay. I, I didn't see anything. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, oh, good. oh, dang, dang. Um, oh my gosh, I was gonna ask you about. See, I'm horrible because I don't really write down that many things. I try to listen and see, but I was gonna ask you for talking about. So give me a second. Um, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Daniel, we're getting older. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just like, I'm the worst person because I don't really write. I mean, I have these scribbled notes, but I don't even, I can I could barely read them. <laughs> and then I print out your your resume, which is like, I'm like overwhelmed with all the cool stuff that you've done. Um, but I had one other question that I really wanted to ask you, but, oh, yes, I remembered it now. So, okay, so, you know, moving in this new transition into this next chapter of your life and you mentioned uh, the sustaining of the projects that you've done here. Of course, you have care and love for them. They're your, you know, your babies in many ways. Um, how is how is that? What's the kind of like the plan of the succession or uh, passing the baton for here in the Bay Area of what you've been doing? How are you working on that? Yeah, so I just started that conversation this week, actually, with the different groups. Mm. And... Um, it's exciting because a lot of the role I play is um, from the community side of programming. And so I know other community bio artists. Mm, mm. Like we're out there. Yeah. Um, born in Salinas, um, uh, Melissa Ortiz, who's uh, a graduate uh, student right now at CCA Industrial Design. Mm. Um, she's on the Chinampa board and also uh, Leticia Hernandez, who runs a garden in Salinas, mm, awesome. uh, Natividad Creek Park. And it's like an amazing garden that she grew over the last seven years. So people coming from different perspectives, but kind of in the same space I am, yeah. I am really excited to um, kind of pass the baton and share the resources. And, you know, I've been putting lesson plans on a, in a Google folder and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the handoff has been training and like doing workshops with teens, but inviting them to come to them as well. Um, and then just being really in conversation with the organizations that I work with, about, you know, next steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that kind of been a fun journey? I mean, thinking, I mean, or, you know, that what's the surprises of having to like, okay, well, I have to kind of transition. Um, and that's, that's a different, <laughs> it's a kind of like a different role, different muscle, right? It really is. So I'm going to be honest and say, no, it has not been a fun journey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but like just, just within the last few days as I've accepted it, like mm. I am, you know, I have to let go. Mm. Um, it's starting to be fun because I'm starting to think about these ways now. I'm starting to think about, oh, how do I, how do I create these models and how do I share the stories of this? Mm. And 
and how do we create this journey space of, you know, uh, handing off and seeing what it grows. So I'm excited to see what things grow into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Without me there, like, what does it become? What what things am I not thinking about? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it can't be about a person. It has to be about the whole system. And so that actually now I can say today, I'm excited about it. It's so funny that you asked me that today. If you'd asked me that yesterday, I would have been like, no, it's so horrible. Uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, it's like maybe what you in the bio kind of sphere of like, maybe what you're doing is you're, you're leaving seeds, right? Which grows many trees right um, I love that. and and fruit from you know it's it's that's the difficult thing doing something and i'm the same way i like i'm so passionate about so many things but to let go because i love it doing it to let go of those things but the you know the impact can be greater and it's it's hard though <laughs> yeah yeah and i you know I've, i'm so privileged to work with amazing people so everyone i work with is my friend yeah, yeah right and yeah, daniel that i'm yeah. sure you're the same way yeah. it's like that is a privileged space to be in. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've just have been starting, like, for example, for BioJam at Stanford. I've been talking with Callie Chappelle, who's the director of the program now. Um, I started the organization like three years ago with Rolando Perez. Mm. Um, he was also in Stanford. Uh, he was in um, bioengineering. And, you know, just being able to hand off and to share and to like, you know, yeah. mourn and then get excited with people not to do it alone, I think yeah. is the privilege, right? To yeah. do it with friends. And so that is, that's what I'm like finally realizing and just feeling good about. And I love your metaphor of the seeds, planting seeds. I'm going to hold that in my thoughts because that is just such a beautiful um, yeah. framing. Yeah, well, cool. Well, Corinne, I mean, thank you. I mean, I've always, you know, admired what you've been doing. And then just to be able to talk to you to get even more of, the depth and on your website, seeing your <laughs> resume and the list of things. And I am, uh, you know, it's always difficult, you know, when someone moves away, I always say they're dead to me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry, I just do it. Well. I just do it as a joke, but no. <laughs> and I know that uh, your involvement here and will continue and yes. I'm excited to see what you're going to do in the last few months, um, that you are here. And, um, Thank you for the impact that you've had and will continue to have. And thank you for spending time to tell a little bit of your life story. I really appreciate it. I am so grateful. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for helping me process. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. To find out more about Corinne, follow her on her website at Okada Design and also on her Instagram, Corinne Takara. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Visit our website to become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the local creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Find out more about Jack on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music. <laughs>